Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. Earlier this week, uh, Norm MacDonald, the comedian, died. Uh, If you know him, you you know what what shows he's on. Um, I've seen him on some things before and and was uh, only very recently made aware of uh, his great moth joke on Conan. Uh, Look it up if you have time. Uh, But Norm died, at least it seems, a Christian. Uh, Maybe somewhat surprising, but I cut an article on him on 1517 where the author quoted uh, him from an interview he did a, a while ago where he said, Uh, I can't stop myself from constantly ruminating over death. He thought about death before he died. And and so he thought about death, and so he thought about uh, how important it was to think about before it happened, and so he studied the Bible. Norm knew apparently who Martin Luther was, and apparently knew some Lutheran teaching, uh, because in another interview, he basically confessed uh, what we know as simul justus et peccator, that we are at the same time saints and sinners. Uh, he criticized his own evangelical, uh, probably non-denominational pastor one time, saying uh, his sermon's always something like how to be a, a nice fella or some nonsense. Norm was smart enough to know that being a nice fella does not do a thing to fight off death. But unfortunately, what passes for much of evangelical Christianity today is just that. Uh, In place of the amazing proclamation that Jesus has abolished death and brought life and immortality to life through the gospel, modern Christianity preaches self-help mush and be a better you. Right, All about growth, your growth. The author of the article quoted uh, William Willimon describing modern evangelicals preaching that it's unable to preach Christ and him crucified and instead preaches humanity and it improved. Most of us, even some Christian preachers, try to stay away from death, right? We, We try not to think about it. The world has created elaborate industries for trying to tuck death away in a corner. You know, when someone gets close to death, we call it aging, uh, and and we just shove them off in a nursing home and lock the doors, even literally now. We've created the, the wellness industry that capitalizes on our fear of dying. Even modern funerals aren't funerals anymore. They're, they're celebrations of life. It's a foolish, elaborate denial But this fits in right in with modern thought. You know, they say that most people aren't afraid of what will happen to them when they die or what happens to them after they die because most of the world does not believe that there's a heaven or a hell. This life for most of the world is all there is. And so rather what they're afraid of is being forgotten when they die. They want to be remembered. Their hope is not eternal life, but a legacy. You know, we all want to make a difference. We all want to leave a legacy and be remembered as a good fella, a nice person, when we die. 
And so we do all sorts of things to delay the inevitable march to the grave. Uh, acting as if the things that we're doing, as if what we're doing, uh, gives us any genuine comfort. And we think, well, if I just eat right, then I can avoid a heart attack. If I just analyze and calculate all the risks, then I'll be fine. If I just do all the right things and be a better person, then, then, then that's the, the best thing I can do. You know, we, and we forget that with all the talk of percentage rates of, of getting sick, that the mortality rate is 100%. The mortality rate is still 100%. Everyone, short of those still alive when Jesus returns, will die. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, young or old, a good athlete or, or just a regular guy, or a comedian or a guy cleaning toilets. And contrary to popular modern thought, no matter what you do on earth, eventually time will swallow any and all memory of you, like countless people before you. Norm was right. Being a nice fella does not do a thing to fight off death. In fact, everyone without faith in Jesus, no matter how good of a person they were, will go to hell. So we need to concern ourselves with death now before it happens. Martin Luther said that we should familiarize ourselves with death during our lifetime, inviting death into our presence when it's still at a distance and not on the move. Not on the move. He says at the time of dying, however, this is hazardous and useless, for then death looms large of its own accord. This is what was happening one day in the city of Nain when Jesus was visiting. Death was on the move. A young boy was being carried out, the only son of his mother. There's a, fu a funeral procession. Uh, the pallbearers were, were carrying the dead man out of the city gates to bury him outside of the city. They're going to hide death. Death was on the move, and it was looming large. Death was in control. The pallbearers were silent, just marching, mindlessly carrying the coffin out as if they were dead. The boy's mother, a widow, was helpless. She was wailing, much like a toddler does as if, when everything is out of their control. Because it was. Here, death was in control. Everyone was bowing to it. There was zero thought of the resurrection, zero thought of eternal life. You know, a child psychologist will say that, that when a young child, a toddler, loses something or breaks something, uh, for them, in their minds, it's the same degree of loss as death. You know, for parents, this is a little frustrating. Uh, my, my middle son didn't do it this morning, but you know he cries almost every Sunday when I, when I come up here. Um, he goes hysterical because it's that big of a deal for him. And of course, I look at him and I'm like, it's no big deal. I'll be with you in just a couple of minutes. Come on. But he can't fathom anything other than what his emotions tell him. He has no concept. Six seconds is the same thing uh, as six years for him. When Jesus looks at the woman and he says, do not cry, to us it seems almost irreverent. 
almost like Jesus saying, it's no big deal. Stop crying. Come on. But Jesus is not being irreverent. He's being completely reverent. Because he knows what death actually is. He knows what we owe to death. And he knows the state of the boy. And when we lose someone, when we experience death in the family or a friend to us, it is a major deal. And certainly it's the most painful experience that you and I could ever have on earth. But to God, our reaction to death is, is the same as, as a toddler. Because for death, Christians, uh, because death for Christians is only temporary. From beginning to end, the Bible is filled with promises of what death actually is. It's only temporary. It's only asleep. In Jesus, death has been defeated. It's lost its sting. It no longer has control over us. And in a relatively short amount of time, we will truly be united with those that we love again who had faith in Jesus. After Jesus tells the mother to not cry, he does something unthinkable. He goes to the open coffin and he touches it. Now, Jewish law said that if you touched a dead person, or even if you touched a thing that the dead person was touching, you were now ritually unclean. And you had to be treated as if dead. And you had to go through the, the same ritual period of, of cleansing and washing that we heard about uh, with uh, the ten lepers a few weeks ago. So no one, unless they absolutely had to, would touch the coffin of a dead person. And not even priests. But Jesus touches it and says, Young man, I say to you, get up. Everyone there believed death was in control. Death came suddenly, unexpectedly, as it most often does. And so they all stand aside and let death keep on moving. They let death be on the move. But Jesus, the resurrection and the life, stands in the way and he stops death. The Lord of life is not going to bow down to death. He touches the coffin. He takes the uncleanness of death on himself. He removes the sting of death. And he says one word in Greek. Ergerthetai. Ergerthetai. Arise. One word. Luther said once that you and I often sleep so soundly that we have to be called ten times before we wake up. But the dead hear a single word from Christ and arise. The dead hear a single word from Christ and arise. At our funerals, I get the privilege of standing over the coffin with the foot of the coffin placed at the Paschal candle, proclaiming the resurrection of the dead, even touching the coffin. And I proclaim that, that not only will this person rise again, but has already risen from the dead when they were baptized. That's why we place coffins here at the font, with the candle lit, reminding us all of our baptisms and our life in Jesus. We are confessing that their baptismal death means their life. Baptism is death. 
your sinful nature, that thing that would cause you to die eternally, along with all your sins, has been drowned and dies in holy baptism. We are, at the same time, saints and sinners. Simul justus et peccator. And so while your sins condemn you, you are a saint made holy by Jesus. Baptism has sprinkled you with Jesus' life-giving blood. Eternal life is now worn by you as a garment placed on you by Jesus. Hell and death have no power over you because through your baptism, God has committed His Spirit to you. Even death has no hold on you because you're baptized. Death couldn't hold Jesus, and neither is it going to hold you. You are granted eternal life through Jesus' death and resurrection. When you are united with Jesus' death and resurrection in your baptism, you get to live a new life. You will rise from the dead. And you know this is true because you already have experienced it in baptism. We need to think about death before it comes for us. God's Word provides us true comfort in death. Next month, we're going to do a Bible study series all about this, on death and dying. The Art of Dying Well. Uh, Ars Moriendi, or, or the Latin for, for the art of dying well, uh, was a, a body of literature that was written during the Reformation, uh, it really uh, after the Black Death epidemic. It, it resulted from the Black Death epidemic, while death was looming large and on the move. And so for us, again, at a time when death is looming large and on the move, it is good for us to think about. Christ Jesus is the resurrection and the life. The promises he gives in his word are our comfort in death. We can do nothing better than to think about these things and remind each other of these things until Jesus returns. Jesus had compassion on the woman from Nain and raised her son. Death had control, but not for long. Jesus wouldn't let it. He would not let death torment her, and neither will he let death torment you. He gives you his word. He forgives you your sins. He grants you the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.